Oh, that was that. Yeah. I, I'm actually going to put it. Live feed test. Let it fade up, be upon you. And a thousand generate. What key are we in? G. G money? It'd be here. In a thousand generations, and your family, and traditions, and expectations, and traditions. This <laughs> <laughs> the Freudians in there. Expectations. Expectations. Termination. of God we call the Free Willy song. Because at the beginning it sounds like Free Willy oh, he, I think you said that one time, didn't you? I, we, he played one time he's like, this sounds like Free Willy. <laughs> Roz! There's Roz! Right on time, 8.50, 30, 52. You're fine. Before church. Hey, that Made picture it. of her on the, on the roller coaster. Yeah, did you see that? It was crazy. Somebody, Mac McGinnis, I don't know, he, well, I don't know, he took a picture of all the kids, lots of kids. I mean, he's like, I think he's like a, for the Belfast Exam or something, he just takes a bunch of pictures and shares them for people that, yeah. And some of them are great, well, like one of Elon. Roz is sitting, and you're literally, it's on this video, like, I think it's on the right side, so Shine upon and be 
get, I guess you just keep doing it until somebody quits singing. You have four. No, yeah, don't sing I it. Sing it comfortable. I'll do it. That doesn't have to be low. I mean, oh, it's true. Just sing it. She don't. She doesn't go up. And a thousand generations, and your family, and your children, and their children, and <laughs> children. <laughs> I had my eyes closed, and all of a sudden, stabbing her in the face. Lindsay? Hi. Hello. BFF. Not me. Huh? Uh, I think I, I, I guess we're good. Okay, well Four maybe minutes. first service, I don't know. I know I know, but I hate that you're up there by yourself. I hate that you're up there by yourself, I said. Can you turn on, which microphone do you have, Red, Amanda? <laughs> I've called her Red her whole life. <laughs> Why? I didn't know her real name for the first six months of me being a youth minister. I was like, somebody said Amanda, and I was like, who's Amanda? Red. Well, first of all, she was in my youth group, but like, she was already a junior or senior when I probably, I mean, I feel like. <laughs> Would you graduate? Okay, I guess I won't. I Good morning. Hello? Hello? Good morning. How's that? Is that okay? Yep. Okay. Good morning. I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's that how feels. I feel. Yeah, it's it's oh, on. I can go. I can hear go. it. Now it's so it's John's mic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, and then John, yeah. 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 I don't I don't usually yell. I might cry, but I won't yell. <laughs> I don't think I. Is that good? It sounds good to me. <laughs> Thank you. Great. How are you? Good. <laughs> it says, in many ways, not only is it uh, uh, parents, many people in the church and the community who things, we switched up our order a little bit today. There's a couple things I want to bring to your attention. Uh, don't forget, the rest of, of life continues, and uh, this is your last day to purchase Clippers tickets. If you want to go with us to a Clippers game, uh, you can purchase those. This is the last day. After this, we have to order them, make sure we get all the ones that we need, so you can order those today. Also, uh, support, but we pick one every year. 
and it reminds the church of the importance of these missions, and it gives us all a chance to be extra generous. I have some bad news for you this morning. Uh, I know you're going to be crushed by this. I'm not preaching this morning. Settle down. Settle down. No, don't walk out. Just stay here. It's okay. No, we have something much better than me preaching. This morning, I would like to introduce someone who, frankly, around here needs very little introduction, and that's Miss Amanda Rogers. She's sitting right over there. Amanda grew up here in Logan County, uh, grew up right, well, right over there, uh, down that road, and grew up right here in this church uh, for many, many years. A few years ago, she was here as the mission of the week. We were trying to nail down when that was. I don't think we did, but it's been, it's been some years. Uh, she was the mission of the week, and we had a chance to have our eyes open to some of the needs associated with block ministry in general, and specifically Epo House. She's going to talk to you about this important mission that she serves, but we also have the chance for some of the people in this church to see a little bit behind the scenes a couple years ago. Uh, the elders and a few other people in the church visited Amanda's ministry when ICOM was in Cincinnati, and it was really an eye-opening experience. Some ministries that you, you notice, some missions that you notice or missions that you see, you may say to yourself, you know, I could do this. I could be a part of this or I could serve in this same way. There are other ministries or missions that you come across and you realize that um, once you get into it, you realize that it takes a special type of person with a special desire to be the boots on the ground for that type of ministry. And in my eyes, that's what this, this ministry is, this mission of Epo House is. Now, that's not in any way to suggest that we have any uh, excuse to fail to support this ministry with time, treasure, and talent. And we're going to continue to have that chance throughout this week, uh, but also throughout this year and hopefully many years to come. So Amanda is going to share with you a little bit about uh, Block Ministry and Epo House. Amanda, come on up here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it was all my idea. Oh, of course. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> You're good. Good morning. I kind of feels extra nervous because it's like the hometown crowd, you know. <laughs> um, I'm going to share about the house and about Block, but also just being here kind of makes me look back on, I grew up here, <laughs> again on County Road 5. I used to ride my bike right over to the Little Blue Church when we were over there before we had this building um, a long time ago, some of you remember. <laughs> Um, but I'm excited to share with you. I also have to warn you that whenever I talk, my kids go, are you going to cry? And I always say yes. I'm so sorry. It happens. But what I'm sharing is um, my life. <laughs> this is, um, see, here we go, guys. <laughs> but my job is not nine to five. Um, this mission is not a nine to five job. When I go to bed at night, um, my kids are upstairs. And we make breakfast in the morning, you know? So this is my life. <laughs> so I'm excited to share it with you. Um, but yeah, I, I am going to share a little bit of how I got there. And it started here. It started growing up, going to Ben Logan. And it started um, sneaking into a big church and listening to Lynn Cleveland. <laughs> if you remember him, he just in, he brought the Bible to life for me. Um, and I was really grateful for that. 
And so I took a year off after graduating high school, and I, um, and I uh, helped my family. And then after that, I was like, I felt called to go to Cincinnati Christian University. So I moved to Cincinnati. I had no car, just got my first phone, <laughs> uh, knew no one, and uh, my parents dropped me off and were like, see ya. <laughs> my dad did not like that, <laughs> but um, it was the best place for me. I literally got to see God move in Cincinnati. And so my first semester, I ended up in what's called Lower Price Hill. So where I live, there's uh, West, East, and Lower Price Hill. Most of our ministry is in East Price Hill, but Lower Price Hill is the place no one wants to go. <laughs> so I would walk down the hill on Sundays, and I would go to church at uh, State Avenue Church of Christ. It's um, the size of one of the classrooms, <laughs> very small. But in the afternoons, we would walk around, and we'd walk past the drug dealers. We'd walk past everyone. We'd pick up kids at their houses, and we'd walk them to church and we would do VBS with them uh, every Sunday. And that was the beginning <laughs> of uh, the Lord saying like, hey, these are your kids. <laughs> and so my sophomore year, I felt like the Lord was saying, um, hey, I'm gonna give you a house full of kids that aren't yours one day. <laughs> um, and that was like exciting and terrifying. I'm in my 20s, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about anybody else, but um, raising other people's kids is a, is a job, <laughs> and it's a good job, <laughs> but it took me about a decade to realize the Lord was calling me to help raise his orphans. And that is a, a weight <laughs> and an honor. <laughs> Some of you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but that is a weight and the honor to be called into a place where I get to sit with people in some of their most vulnerable places and their messy places and the places that God wants to heal. Um, so and that was part of the beginning for me. Uh, how did I get connected with Block? Well, after college, um, a lot of our churches did not have children's ministries in our area. So I would go and I would start... Um, at no cost, start a children's ministry. And I would train people to lead it and I would build it up. And then when someone was ready to lead it, I would pass it off to them and I would go to the next church. <laughs> and I've done that about three times. Um, and then on my fourth, I ran into Block. Um, Block really loves their neighbors. <laughs> like that is, we all live in the neighborhood. Uh, there's about 45 of us and that means we raise our kids in the neighborhood, <laughs> and um, the people we serve are our neighbors, um, literally. And so while we, um, I ran into them and they were like, we're gonna help start a church. You know, that's not our calling as block ministries. <laughs> we're boots on the ground people, so I'm helping start their children's ministry, and which ended up merging with another church that I was working with, but I was invited by Dwight um, to their staff meetings. Dwight and his family are the founders of Block. Um, it's a husband and wife, and they have five kids. So it started just as an after-school program, inviting kids in and loving them well, and then we started seeing more and more needs. <laughs> and as people come with their gifting, we figure out, what are you gifted in? How do we fill these needs? That's kind of how we've grown. 
and um, sitting in a Thursday meeting, and um, I was about at the last one. I was like, I don't think this is for me. And the Lord said, uh, well, Dwight said, um, I think we're going to do residential student housing. I don't really know what that looks like. I don't know. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, I went home and I prayed for a week. And then I went back to Dwight the next week and I said, hey, that's my house. Um, so let me know what we need to do. <laughs> and so that year we got to, um, I started writing the handbook for the house and we got our, we are safe house. So meaning we don't take custody of students. We partner with families and we work together um, and there's like usually two processes, reintegration back into family. We want to build families up it, or um, oftentimes they have no safe adults. So they live with me until they finish high school. We find a job, we find housing and they can live on their own in a stable way. Um, and so that became uh, very quickly <laughs> my life's work, I guess. <laughs> um, and that's good. Uh, a lot of people ask what BLOCK stands for. Uh, BLOCK, uh, the B is believing in the power of hope. L is living where we serve. O is one-to-one, -one, and uh, the C is Christ in us. Uh, we're very relational people. <laughs> that's how we um, do it. But BLOCK has about 18 programs. Over the years, um, we've noticed women in addiction. So we have a now a house for women coming out of jail and addiction. We have also that for men. We'll do food pantries. We um, have our after-school programs um, and different ways that they are connected. But that's kind of how we um, how we uh, built from there. So I transitioned from children's ministry into residential. And what I had found um, before was that in children's ministry, one hour with you once a week wasn't enough. I didn't, it was so frustrating to see um, them learn who God is and then go home and the abuse and addiction in the homes. Um, they couldn't tangibly understand <laughs> what, it would what it was like to live like Christ and to trust him, to, to give you food, <laughs> um, to be safe. <laughs> so... Ebo was born out of a place of needing something more tangible. It was born out of, right before I got there, um, as I said, our staff lives in the neighborhood. That means um, when there are shootings, when there's death, when there's addiction, overdoses, um, all of these things, um, that's happening to our neighbors. <laughs> that means when there's chaos, we don't run away. <laughs> when there's chaos, um, we go towards it. <laughs> <clears throat> Ipo was born out of having a lot of homeless teens who um, um, that we sat with either when they were murdered or in jail still or other things like that. Don't worry, VBS, I will edit myself. I understand <laughs> what I can and cannot say. But you guys, you guys know this stuff. It's, it's in our neighborhoods. <laughs> it's in yours. <laughs> Um, it's everywhere, but in our city, um, in, uh, 2022, the first six months of 2022, um, we had 115 kids in our juvenile jail, which is what we call 2020, 
um, that did not need to be in jail. Meaning they, if there wasn't a diver, if there was a diversion program open, if there was a bed for them, then they didn't have to be there. But they did not have one safe adult that was willing to take them. That for me, when I heard those statistics, um, was like we're kind of making our jail an orphanage, <laughs> and that's not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> Our jail was designed for kids to be there <clears throat> about six months, but they're staying there for two to three years because they can't get through the system fast enough. So we've been working on diversion programs, and what that is is um, like my house is one to where I'll share a story about. Um, I could start it now. Uh, we're going to call her Lou. We'll see if I can remember to call her Lou. <laughs> um, she, I got a call from a from her representative in the court, and we work closely with the courts. Um, a lot of the um, representation for the teenagers, the counsels, the, the judges, all of them, we work really closely with them. And so we got a call um, from a caseworker, and she goes, I have this girl, she's been in jail for three months, and she doesn't need to be here. Um, she will be on probation, and she will have to finish um, a program, meaning like her probation officer has to stop it. She has to do um, counseling. She has to go through specific things that will be helpful for her in her life. <laughs> um, but she doesn't have to sit in jail. And so uh, we go and interview her. Our process is usually we go and talk to them and we protect the kids who are already in the house, but we want to um, go and see who is a good fit, who wants it. This house is built for who wants to fight. <laughs> They're fighting every other thing, but the who wants to succeed? And so we go and, and I see a fire in her. She, she's one of those girls who's gonna tell you how it is. <laughs> um, the stubbornness, very real. <laughs> I feel that deeply. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, she has a big personality. Um, but she had been in foster care and she had, went AWOL from 12 placements, ran away from 12 placements. Um, so we're known for um, being bold, meaning for most organizations, they'd be like, she's ran away 12 times, that's probably not something we wanna put ourselves there. It's, that's kind of a high risk situation. And for us, that's like, come on home. <laughs> so uh, we went to court for her and the next day she moved into the house. Um, she was with me for 10 months. Um, she completed her program. She didn't consider running away once. And I kind of didn't understand that at first. <laughs> because, like, how do you run from so many places? And so for her, um, because she had been in the facilities of the state and other places, not saying they are bad. A lot of them are very helpful, very good, very needed. But... In our space, she felt different. Um, we do family time every night, and that's just a time where we just check in, and we talk about the day, we talk about conflict, lots of conflict conversations. Usually right around evening time, I don't know if you notice this, um, kids start like thinking through everything. They kind of get a little flooded. 
So um, usually family time, which is like a 30-minute check-in, with her would be like three hours later, we are processing and in deep, and it's almost one. <laughs> um, and that's what I'm called to do. <laughs> Sit there until 1 a.m. and talk about the Lord and process these things with them. Um, things that some, some adults in their lives have been afraid to talk about. Um, those are the places we want to go. Those are the places the Lord wants to heal. And it's, she had a picture while she was in the house. Um, and it's kind of beautiful. <laughs> she was in her room and she was praying. Um, she was learning how to pray and learning who God was. And she goes, I felt like could see myself just curled up on a ball in the floor and all around me was just this like light it just was a bubble around me and it was golden and it was bright and I was safe and she said everything around outside of that golden bubble was black and darkness and I was trying to get in but I know that golden bubble was the Lord I know that I can be safe with him. I know he loves me. And it's going to be okay. And that's the reason I do what I do, right? That's the reason we all do what we do. is so somebody sees it, that they get it, um, that that's tangible to them. That they know the Lord is present. He's not leaving them. He's ready to walk with them. And... That was not, like, an easy 10 months with her. <laughs> but I will say she completed a program. She didn't run. She graduated high school. She got her STNA license. And she has been working really hard. And I'm proud of her. <laughs> um, not all of my stories get to be success stories. All of us, right? <laughs> we don't, not every one of them is a success. But it is really beautiful when the times that it is a success <laughs> where they do know the Lord um, they do get to see him and it's funny she called me last week because I still uh, I'll take her Christmas presents we ha she comes over for Thanksgiving she's still family they're all family <laughs> they're um, daughters and she um, she she called me like she goes can you please teach me how to drive everyone else yells at me <laughs> and I was like Okay, here we go again. Anyone else have teen drivers? <laughs> I'm always scared for my van, but the Lord is good. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> um, I believe the house is set apart to be a place where um, kids who were once orphans uh, find a father, and they find home, and they find family. Uh, as Block, we have lots of programs. We have... Um, a sports performance center where kids come and train, whether they are players or like basketball athletes, or um, or they just want to be in a space where there are other believers. <laughs> um, and so, even in those spaces, which I will talk about again, um, they want to be in a place where God is. <laughs> and as block, because uh, when kids come home from school, they go to the after-school program, and I know they have block people talking about Jesus there. <laughs> they go to sports performance, and I know there are God-fearing people there who will um, 
invest in them. And then I don't necessarily do it alone, right? I have another staff in the house. Uh, there's two of us and four kids, and that's connected to separated, but connected to our boy's house <laughs> that also has the same, and that operates as a family. Um, us as adults <laughs> teach health safety, health safe relationships, <laughs> I don't know, uh, in families like husband and wives, like you guys have to teach your kids. <laughs> How do you respect the other's gender? How do you listen to them? How do you function together? And so our houses kind of function like that as a family. Um, and so block ends up being family to a lot of our kids, a lot of our men and women. Literally, they all come to the cookouts, they all, <laughs> because um, that we're, that's what we end up being, family. And so a lot of life looks like just doing life together. Um, a lot of the girls who have moved into my house would come from like mentoring. I'll often take a group of kids to church with me. Um, we'll load up the van and every Sunday <laughs> and then their friends come and then there are some cases I've had a couple girls live with me who they came to church with me for a month or so with their friend and then I get a call in the middle of the night and they may not have shared what was going on in their lives but they know who to call when chaos happens and so um, a couple of my girls um, are leaving abusive relationships or um, Yes, or leaving abusive drug dealers. <laughs> and they end up uh, at our house and they find safety there and they find hope there. Um, but it all comes with through that relationship. <sighs> and it's really interesting because um, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but as we interact with the, the court system and with police officers and they want to see success. They want to see our community thrive, <laughs> but our kids talk, and so they talk about the Lord. They talk about what they're experiencing, what they're seeing, and what's happening. Um, so right now, EPO is a long-term safe house. Um, one of the diversion programs we're working on is trying to figure out how do we do some short-term things to help divert them quicker, <laughs> and then we'll probably filter into long-term, but uh, how do we make more beds where um, they are also safe and protected and loved? Um, that is something I, I work on mentoring other people to do what I do, um, but I'm focused on my long-term goals. But the other thing we're working on is a um, sex trafficking homestead. So um, three streets away from me, we just had a 14-year-old being trafficked um, by one of the worst drug dealers in the neighborhood. And... So I, seeing how much I can say. Um, so, <laughs> um, editing myself, so sorry. Um, but what that means is, is just that um, we have a, a house for the women in prostitution and they come uh, wash their clothes, eat, sleep, and then, um, and then they come back the next day. <laughs> and we love on them until they're ready to get clean. And so this 14 year old showed up at that space and so um, this was not a girl that I could take into my house because it was three streets away from abuse. But, you know, we partner with our city to figure out there are only other 10 other beds in the state for girls in those situations. So we're opening um, a homestead for, women, for young girls in that situation. And we'll have 
just got certified and we have four more beds to add to that. So we're at 14, <laughs> but the future hopefully we'll be able to stand in that space um, better and love our communi community better. Um, you know, looking back, I'll wrap it up, but looking back um, when I was 19 and moved to Cincinnati, I did not know what the Lord was going to do. And it feels like a gift <laughs> to be able to sit in really painful places because I get to see addicts get clean because that does happen. I've seen it. I know them. I love them. <laughs> I get to see drug dealers stop dealing. I get to see kids set free from really heavy burdens that they shouldn't have to carry. And I'm really grateful the Lord didn't show me how hard it was going to be. <laughs> but at the same time, like, he has been so good. And I'm really grateful for you guys, honestly, um, because you've been there from the beginning <laughs> for me. And I get to do what I do because a lot of you. <laughs> um, so I just want to say thank you for that. And I'm excited that... Um, I get to keep um, showing up for my neighbors and loving them well. And <sighs> Yes. Thanks, guys. Okay. Um, like I said, there are, there are some ministries where you think, you know what, I could, I could jump in there and I could hit the ground running. And there's, there's other ministries where you better know what you're getting into because it is, it is you giving your life away. And I'll tell you, this kind of testimony, church, it ought to spur every person in this place to do what they can to help with time, treasure, and talent. Um, these kids are on a, they live, they show up to Amanda on a razor's edge between life and death. And, and life is Jesus, death is no Jesus. That's, that's the difference. Uh, sometimes, as Amanda said, uh, sometimes it's successful, sometimes, sometimes it's not, or at least it's not that moment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, who knows what can happen even years down the road from this kind of influence. Um, with you and me, I, I'll tell you, many times... Great American Bank right up there on the top. That Betsy, did you paint that? Did you paint that one? Yeah, that whole, the skyline? You did the background. Well, the whole thing looks just wonderful. I love this. But, uh, you know, right at the foot of Great American Bank is, is where the Reds play. And when we go to Cincinnati, we go there, and then we, we turn around, we go home, right? And sometimes out of sight, out of mind. Uh, with a lot of the needs and a lot of the, the struggle and a lot of the hard work that people are doing. It's not anybody's fault. It's human nature. Uh, but it's not for Amanda, for, for someone that, that, that you know, someone this church has sent. It's not out of sight, out of mind. It's, it's there in the living room every day. You guys have a chance. You guys have a chance now. You have a chance throughout VBS. You have a chance throughout the years because... This church continues to support uh, this mission. I want to continue, and I want to support it even more, um, the wonderful things that Amanda's doing. 
She's going to be here throughout the week. Uh, she's going to be busy, but if, if you want to talk to her, or if you get a chance to, to say hi to her, I don't know, you know, you're going to have kids filing through, so I don't know how in-depth you're going to get in some of these conversations. Uh, but she's always, you know, two hours away. She's down the road. Make sure you talk to her. Make sure you write to her. Make sure you call her. Make sure you email. Make sure you support here at the church because all that goes to help out her and help out all these wonderful kids. And I, I really appreciate it. I tell you that there are, just from a personal standpoint, there are, there are some areas of ministry that are necessary and areas of ministry that I personally, because of my personality, um, uh, because of, I don't know, maybe a skill set, I don't know what it is, that I look at and I think particularly hard. I, I think very difficult. And, uh, and this is one of those. And so I thank you that, uh, that this is the type of thing that you're doing. I, I really do appreciate that. I want to pray over Amanda and then, uh, and then we'll go ahead and sing some songs. Father, I thank you for Amanda. I thank you for her life, and I thank you for her ministry. I thank you, Father, that uh, she gets the chance to, to show who you are and what you are. That, that Father, this, this, very, this very theme that we are, we are doing for v- VBS is a, a picture of what Amanda gets to do, to shine the light of Jesus Christ, to show who Jesus is in the lives of so many of these kids, Father. And I would ask that you put it upon our hearts to be, number one, so humble, number two, so bold, uh, to be able to show people the love of Christ. And so I ask that you will bless Amanda, that you will bless this home and this ministry down in Cincinnati. Father, I ask that you will protect uh, what needs protected, that you will help them risk what needs risked, that you will guide and you will direct and everything we will see fruit. And I, I know, Father, sometimes we have to be patient with fruit. Sometimes it, it takes a while to grow. But you will put that reality of fruit in our hearts and our minds and particularly in Amanda's heart so that uh, tomorrow she can get up and she can do the same thing. And a little bit more fruit and a little bit more light and a little bit more shine. The next day, the next day, Father, she gets up and she does the same thing one more day. I thank you, Father, that you have placed servants in and around this world. There's so much ugly because of sin in this world. Father, you know, you've told us this before. And then once in a while, we see just, we see beauty, we see light. Um, help us to hold on to that. I thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you. Why don't you stand with us? We'll sing, we'll praise Jesus, and we'll get out of here.
shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.
Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm done. I'm done here. Just shut it all off. I'm, I'm out. What's that? Oh, hey, there we go. Well, I, now I was telling Amanda, I was telling Amanda, I said, she said, you going to wrap this up for me or open it for me? I said, yeah, no, no problem. I can do that. I said, but I like preaching. I like talk. I like preaching the Word, you know, and uh, so... It happens. It happens. I get excited about the Bible and what it has to say. This morning, I'm going to introduce Amanda one more time. Uh, she needs very little introduction around here. Uh, she grew up around here. She grew up in Logan County. She grew up right down the road here on County Road 5. Uh, a few years ago, she, uh, she was here as our mission, and this has been some years. I, I want to say 2017, maybe. Uh, we, she and I were going back in our memories trying to, trying to remember when it was, maybe 16, I don't remember. But it's been a few years since she's been here. And uh, she's going to be the mission of the week that all of these kids are talking about. And, and be ready, just, I don't want to oversell this, be ready for a powerful, powerful testimony here in just a moment. She's going to talk about Block Ministries, um, and specifically she's also going to talk about Epo House. We have our eyes open to the importance of what Block Ministry does and what Epo House also does, and she, she gets to talk about these. However, we also had the chance, many people in this church had the chance to go down to this ministry, to this mission, and see Block Ministry, see Epo House, see Amanda in action, as it were, a couple years ago when ICOM came to Cincinnati. And, and, and some ministries you see, some missions you see, and you tell yourself, you know, I could, I could jump into that right away, and I could do this. I could help. I could, I could participate. I could do all these, these wonderful things. And I think I could do that tomorrow and really jump in. There are some other ministries. There are some other missions you see in life you come across, and you realize that it really takes <laughs> a very special type of person, very special desire to actually be the boots on the ground. And in my eyes, this ministry is, is one of those. It's one of those ministries. It's, and that's not an excuse for us to fail to support this ministry with, both, with all time, treasure, and talent. Um, we need to continue doing that. And we're going to have the chance throughout this coming week, as Amanda works with the kids at Vacation Bible School, we'll continue to support this ministry throughout the year and hopefully for years and years to come. Okay? And uh, you'll get to have a chance to talk to her and kind of get to know more and more about Block Ministry and Epo House. Amanda, you want to come on up here? I told Amanda this was entirely my idea to have her here. VBS in general was just all my idea. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going with. Oh, sure. She said, you know, I really appreciate being here, and I didn't know what to say. And I said, hey, you're welcome. It's just, it's just all me. There you go. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning. <laughs> Hi. Um, a lot of you do know me. <laughs> My name is Amanda. Um, I literally grew up stone throw away on County Road 5. Uh, I remember it's kind of weird because I, uh, like being in your hometown, there's a little more pressure. <laughs> but um, I do have to warn you, uh, whenever I talk, my girls go, are you going to cry? And the answer is always yes. So I apologize. Well, kind of apologize. <laughs> um, but what I'm going to share with you is um, my, my work is not nine to five. When I go to bed at night, uh, my girls are upstairs in their bedrooms. And when I wake up, 
we make breakfast together, and we live life together. So I'm sharing a piece of me, <laughs> is how it feels. <laughs> but yes, I grew up here. I remember riding my bike um, from my parents' house into Russiavania to go to the Little Blue Church before we had this building. So I'm really grateful so many of you have walked many years <laughs> with me. <laughs> um, but as a kid, I'd come and I would sit under uh, Lynn Cleveland, if you guys are around for him, and gosh, he just brought scripture to life for me. Um, so I'm going to share a little bit of how I got to block and block, <laughs> because uh, that's, you guys are part of that, <laughs> honestly. So um, yeah, after high school, I took a year off. I went to Ben Logan, graduated, and I took a year off to help my family, and I wasn't sure what was coming next, but I knew that... Um, God was calling me to Cincinnati. <laughs> so I uh, packed up and I went and my parents dropped me off. I got my first cell phone. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I did not have a car. I didn't know anyone. And my dad was terrified. But <laughs> it was where I needed to go. So I um, ended up in Cincinnati. And in my first semester at Cincinnati Christian University, um, where that's located, there's... Um, East, West Price Hill, East Price Hill, and Lower Price Hill. So right in West Price Hill is a lot of our ministry, and C CCU, uh, Cincinnati Christian University, was right in West Price Hills. But Lower Price Hill is where they warned you not to go. <laughs> and so um, I heard of a ministry down there, and so I walked down the hill to Lower Price Hill, and I started going to a church called State Avenue Church of Christ. And uh, that it's about the size of one of the classrooms here. <laughs> um, but I loved it there, and I loved the community there. And so I would, um, so I would walk in the afternoons with a group of people, and we would pick up kids in the neighborhood, and we'd bring them back to State Avenue, and we would do like a little VBS with them. And this is kind of where a lot of things um, started growing for me. Um, I started, I fell in love with the community. Even though we were walking past the drug dealers of the neighborhood and um, people are out on their steps, um, I lost count of how many people I've seen overdosing. Um, but for some reason, that is like where God put me and what I, uh, people that I loved. <laughs> um, when I was a sophomore at CCU, uh, the Lord was kind of giving me direction. And one of the things I heard him say was, I'm going to give you a house full of kids that aren't yours. And at first, I wasn't sure what that meant. I was like 20-some. <laughs> uh, like, okay, that sounds nice. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, and so at that point, I knew at some point the Lord was going to, I was going to be raising other people's kids. Like, I just felt like that's, so I had put myself in every situation to learn what does that look like? What does that mean? Um, it took me about a decade to realize that the Lord was saying, like, I'm placing you in a position um, to take care of my orphans, the kids in our neighborhoods that are not protected and not provided for. Um, and that is a gift and also <laughs> a, um, a burden, too, to love them well and to honor the Lord in that. Um, so I spent some time figuring that out. When I graduated college, I wasn't sure, okay, Lord, what's next? <laughs> and um, at that point, he um, 
put me in a position to help the children's ministries in our neighborhood. A lot of them didn't have children's ministers. Um, they couldn't afford that. So I would go into a church and start up their children's ministry. I'd equip somebody else. I'd bring people along to train and to teach and um, build a place where um, kids could encounter the Lord and that other people could come alongside and build that. And so I had done that with three different churches in our neighborhoods. And then, then I came in contact with Block. Um, Block was going to start a children's ministry in a church in the neighborhood. And I had heard about them. And I loved, I loved what they were doing, honestly, because um, Block uh, stands for um, believing in the power of hope, living where we serve, one-to-one -one in Christ in us. And that's what I was doing. I was living where I was serving. Uh, my neighbors are um, the people that I'm serving. Um, and, um, and Christ was in everything. But So Dwight um, invited me to come to a few of their staff meetings. Dwight Young and his family started Block um, 25 years ago now. And uh, he, his wife, and five kids um, would start after-school programs, feed kids pizza, and um, he would love on them and teach them about the Lord. And from there, we started seeing the needs of our communities. Um, so as more missionaries came along, someone was gifted in um, women's ministry or men's ministry, and now we have 18 programs. Um, we have 46 staff. We all live in the neighborhood, and we raise our families there. Um, and And so a lot of our programs have come because a lot of our neighbors are in addiction. So we have a house for women coming out of jail and addiction. We have a house for men coming out of jail and addiction. Um, we will do food pantries for those who are in need. There's lot, we have lots of after-school programs that some of my kids come from. <laughs> it's just kids in the neighborhood who are struggling with their families. Usually um, I might be a residential option for them in the end. Um, but with each of our programs, um, it's meant to meet a need in our neighborhoods. It's interesting, um, John had said something earlier of just about um, we are the ones who carry the identity of Christ. And one of the things that I learned in all of these years was um, the drug dealers on our corners and um, the women who were stuck in prostitution also carry the image of God. And so... That's why it's so important that we love our neighbors well. When I was in doing children's ministry, I was getting really frustrated because I only had one hour. And then they would go home and struggle in whatever their household looked like. Um, sometimes that's addiction. Sometimes single-family homes, we all see these things, right? Um, I was so frustrated because uh, the love of Christ wasn't tangible, living a life for Christ. If you're worried about where your food is coming from, um, that, that's like one of your basic needs. <laughs> it's hard to have the capacity to think about, oh, God is going to provide for me, or God is going to show up when um, there is abuse, and he, he does. But when I only have one hour to share that with you, um, sometimes you don't get to feel it and experience it in the way that I wish you could tangibly feel it. And so one of the problems in our city is... Um, we have a lot of kids who are homeless, and um, 
one of the statistics is we, have, we call our juvenile jail 2020. And in the first six months of um, 2022, we had 115 kids that were sitting in jail, not because they had to, but because there was no safe adult that would take them and no bed placement for them. We have, we had basically, our jail was acting as an orphanage. And that's not okay. And that's a space where us, as the body of Christ, say, like, we need to step into that. Um, Ipa was born out of a place where, again, our, our kids who are homeless, like, we live in the neighborhood, therefore, when um, someone is shot, we go towards that. And we sit with families in those losses when someone is in addiction. We sit with the highs and lows of those with them, with the kids, with whoever is in our vicinity, I guess. And and it breaks my heart that so many kids are in jail. So why are they in jail? Well, um, we've been working on something called diversion programs with the jail. Um, meaning when kids come, our jail was, was originally designed to be a place for no longer than six months. That they could get in, get out with their, um, in the court, get all of their probation, their counseling, whatever set up. Well, they're sitting there for two to three years right now. And so these diversion programs we're working on is trying to figure out um, how do we set them up in communities and in spaces where they can be taken care of, where they can be diverted away from the jail system, <laughs> away from drugs, away from alcohol, away from um, all of these abuses they've faced. Um, and so EPO is part of that. Um, we provide a space for students and there's four beds in the house where, um, again, where, my, where the girls <laughs> um, come and stay at different times for, it's a long-term housing. So I've, my longest has been with me three years. Um, and then, and in that space, I'll, I'll tell you about, um, I'm gonna call her, what did I decide, Lou. Let's see if I can stick to this. Try not using names. <laughs> um, so I had one young lady um, two years ago. I got a call from the caseworkers. We're really close with the court system. We work with the probation officers and caseworkers and all of them. And um, so I get a call from a caseworker and she's like, hey, I've got this girl. She has been in jail for three months. She does not need to be here. She can be on probation. And, um, but she has counseling to finish. She has all of these other programs she needs to complete for the court to move forward. And so I go to court for her and they release her into custody. I met her on Monday. I'm pretty sure she moved, she moved in Wednesday. <laughs> and so she moved in and one thing they told me before all of this was, just so you know, um, she has a really big personality, a very stubborn personality, and she has run from, um, I think it was 11, 11, um, 11 different programs. She was in foster care, and she's run from all, every place we put her, she runs. And so I'm not quite sure if you're wanting to take this on. <laughs> And we're kind of known for being a little 
bold. <laughs> we want the kids who are struggling. We want to love them well. We want them to give opportunity to them. But my house is designed so that anyone who is willing to work hard and who wants it, then they can be in a non-lockdown place where they can succeed. And so um, she moved in and whew, it was fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. But she stayed the whole 10 months. And one of the things we do in the house is called family time. In the evening, we um, sit together and we talk about um, life. We talk about what's going on. And we usually talk a lot of conflict conversations. <laughs> Having teenage girls in one space, that happens. <laughs> um, but right around that time, she also would have a lot of memories flood. When you get ready for bed, there's just some downtime. You're trying to shift into being calm. And so she would always have lots of memories flood her mind. And so what usually was like 30 minutes to an hour family time, usually with her, would be like one to three hours. <laughs> and so all of a sudden it's nine and then it's midnight and then it's one. <laughs> um, but that is where the Lord has called me to be. He has called me to sit in places that are really uncomfortable because that's the places he wants to heal with them. And she, she encountered the Lord in those places too. She was telling me a couple months in, she goes, I don't usually feel safe. Matter of fact, I don't know if I know what safe is. And we were praying for her, and that, that week, um, she had this, um, she kind of calls it a dream, and she could see herself uh, laying on her bedroom floor in a ball, just cuddled up, and all around her was just light. And she's like, it looked golden, and it was beautiful. Um, and outside of that light, everything was dark. But I knew that the Lord was that light. I knew that he was going to protect me. I knew that he loved me. I knew that I was going to be okay. And so for me, if just one person understands that, and they feel like the presence of the Lord <laughs> is with them, their life will be changed because of that. And why didn't she run? <laughs> she knew the presence of the Lord was there. Like, he is the one who draws them in. He is the one who cares for them. He is the one who teaches them. And he is the one who's going to continue to protect them even after they leave my house. <laughs> and so she ended up uh, graduating high school. She got her STNA. She ended up getting her apartment. And she... Uh, just called recently and she asked if I uh, could teach her how to drive. Um, I teach teenagers how to drive and I pray for my van very often. <laughs> like it's, it's a thing. It's kind of terrifying. It's fine. <laughs> Honestly, most of them do really well though. But I do believe um, IFO is a place that's set apart for the orphans of Cincinnati to understand that they have a father who loves them. It's um, in a tangible way, <laughs> by the way that myself and the staff I work with show up and love them, <laughs> by the way we talk to them, and the way we, I get yelled at a lot, <laughs> and it's okay. 
why is that okay? Because they're kids and they don't know. We have to sit in a place of teaching. We have to teach them how to deal with the stuff that's inside of them and invite the Lord into it. It's so important. And so, yeah, I get yelled at a lot. <laughs> I don't mind. Because the Lord uses it every single time. And as they grow up, they realize what they did. <laughs> and most of them have come back and said, I'm so sorry. I was a teenager. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, it's crazy this year. Um, I started back in 2008. And I just turned 34. And guys, my kids that I started with that were like on my hip and I was carrying them to church graduated high school this year. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, um, A, I feel old. B, what a gift. Like literally, um, I've gotten to walk through their entire childhood with them. And they know that there are people in this world who love them and who will show up for them and who care about them. Um, and it's a beautiful thing because all of Block gets to work together. So my kids, they come home from school and maybe they have therapy and um, probation officer appointments, drug testing, who knows, whatever they have that day. Um, but they also can go to our after school program. So when they go there, I know that someone is speaking Jesus into them. I know that they're safe. Um, we have our um, sports performance center where kids will go and train their athletes and, um, or not, they just want to train and be around the presence of God and his people. Like, we have a lot of kids that just show up for that. And it's a beautiful thing that we all, we really end up looking like a family. And even in the house, um, we have the girl side. And um, separate but close is the boy side. And as much as that sounds terrifying, it is a gift from the Lord. Because every kid needs to understand how to treat the other gender. How do you respect them? How, how do you respect authority, male and female alike? And so we'll do game nights all together, and one's, the guys will cook one night, and the girls will clean up, and vice versa, and, and they learn how to do life together in a healthy way. Um, and in this process, a lot of connections are made. Our kids talk, right? So uh, first, there might be... Um, they might be really angry, right? Because uh, they don't know what safety is. <laughs> they don't know what protection looks like. A lot of the kids uh, didn't have that over them for many years of their lives. And so when they come in, they might start really angry. But it's a really beautiful thing that their families and their parents and their probation officers and judges and people that we come in contact with, they get to watch the process of them changing. They get to watch them encounter the Lord. So the ministry is as much about a student and me loving them well and helping raise them, but it's also um, them showing the light of the Lord to all of these families and parents and systems and friends. Even, uh, so I'll load up the van on Sundays. A lot of girls will go to church with us. And um, they'll invite their friends, and so we'll take them. I had a girl come to church with me for... Um, for a month. And then one night I get a call from her at like 2 a.m. And she hadn't told me about her story. I didn't know anything. Um, and she was calling me in a time of, of, of abuse. I could hear it on the phone. And so um, 
I got up and I went to go get her. Um, and I'm waiting in this parking lot. I know the guy inside the drug dealer. I know he has a gun. Um, calling the police, of course. Of course. <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> um, and, and she comes out and that night she moved into my house. Um, and we walk through recovering from those kind of things. Um, they happen everywhere. <laughs> We're not oblivious, right guys? Like they happen here too, but um, in my neighborhood they're right outside my door. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing to be able to walk through that, but it's also a really difficult thing for them to heal from. Right now in our, in our state, um, we don't have very many beds for girls who are coming out of sex trafficking. Last I heard, there are 10. Um, and there are way more than 10 girls struggling with that right now in our, in our state. <laughs> um, matter of fact, it was two months ago. We have a house for women who are in prostitution, and it's like a day shelter. They'll come in and um, eat, and we'll wash clothes. They'll get clean clothes. We'll just love on them until they're ready to get clean. Um, and we had a 14-year-old walk in two months ago, and she was being trafficked by one of the worst drug dealers in our neighborhood, which is three streets from my house. Um, so we had to walk that with her. She couldn't move into my house. She's too, that's too close to the abuse. We have to find a place for her. Um, but it's not okay for our 14-year-olds to be in that position. And so one of the things we're working on now is with the diversion programs, we're working on two short-term houses to get kids a little faster out of the jail system and into safer programs. And then we're working on a homestead for sex trafficked girls that will have four beds. Um, we just got licensed. And... Um, We'll start with four and hopefully build from there, but um, it's really important <laughs> that they know that that is not the life the Lord has for them. <laughs> and I, uh, if I look back on the, my 19-year-old self <laughs> um, and what I was getting myself into, <laughs> what the Lord was going to do, um, I'm really glad he didn't tell me all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I really am, um, because I think it would have been t a little terrifying, <laughs> um, but he, <laughs> but when he called me to love on his kids, to love on his orphans, and to teach them they have a father, and they have a family in Christ, they have a family in block, <laughs> um, that is not only a gift, um, and an honor, um, but it's a burden um, that we get to walk in with them in, in really vulnerable places. <laughs> and because of that, like, I'm, I'm grateful, I'm really grateful um, that you guys have been along in this with me, <laughs> um, that I got to be raised by people in this church, <laughs> and that you guys support the things I do, because um, we, together, because of that, I get to watch 
how to be clean and find the Lord. I get to watch drug dealers stop dealing and find a better life, and, and some have find Christ. <laughs> and I get to watch kids heal. I get to watch them be safe. I get to be a part of that. And I'm really grateful because I get to do that because um, you guys doing this with me. So I just, I want to thank you, and um, I just appreciate all of you guys and the ways that you've supported over the years. Well, thanks, Amanda. Um, this kind of uh, this kind of knowledge um, ought to, I think, at least it does for me, uh, spur us, inspire us uh, to continue to support Block Ministry and Epo House uh, and Amanda specifically, and we will continue continue to do that. Now, I, I think a couple of things. You know, first of all. As I said before, there are some missions, some ministry you think you can jump into, but there are some out there that you better know what you're getting into uh, before you take on some of these things, and um, it, takes a, it takes a special person. But that's not an excuse to wash your hands of, of this particular ministry, type of ministry. Certainly continue to support them in prayer. Um, that's, that's, that's powerful. If you don't believe that's powerful, you, you got to walk through my life with me, uh, walk through Amanda's life with her. Uh, you'll see, you'll see the effects of prayer. Um, also monetarily, we do that as a church. You can do that individually, continue to do those things, um, and support this, uh, this ministry. I am looking forward to a lot of, of knowledge, a lot of understanding, conversations that you might have with Amanda to know more about Block Ministry and Epo House specifically. Uh, but I, what I don't want is, now nobody's to blame for this, this is just human nature, uh, out of sight, out of mind. You, ever, you know that, we, we've, all, we've all fallen into that trap, that's just the way that goes. Uh, when I go to Cincinnati, uh, we've got a, we got the skyline uh, uh, right up here, the Queen City, on top of that Epo House, and and you know when we go to Cincinnati, we we go down there in front of the uh, Great American Bank to the uh, to the Ball Diamond, and then we turn around, we come home <laughs> most of the time, right? That's that's at least at least our family does. Uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of things happen in Cincinnati and around uh, around that area in which we can help. And Amanda, it's not out of sight; it's it's right there. It's right there every day. Somebody you know. Somebody you love, somebody you cherish, somebody you support, just it walks out every day, and, and it's right, right there, right there next to her. So keep that in mind. That's a connection that you guys have in this church to everything happening down there. Make sure you call. Make sure you write. Make sure you email Amanda and just say, hey, how's it going? Just thinking of you today. That's it. That's it. Uh, these types of things help in ministry and in mission work. I want to pray for her and her ministry. We, we did this at our first service, and I think uh, we can continue to pray, continue to talk to God about this. So we're going to do this again, and uh, then we'll, we'll be dismissed. Father, again, 
as we've already talked about, I thank you for Amanda, and I thank you for I thank you for Amanda and all the people that work in Block Ministry and all the people that are a part of 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 expressing and showing the love of Christ to many many people, many many people who who have a hard time seeing how loving and how wonderful Jesus is, and so I thank you that you've put people like Amanda in that place. I thank you also, Father, that there are victories. Uh, we live in a, in a dangerous world, a fallen world because of us. Father, we acknowledge that, not because of you. We, we live in a fallen world. And because of that, there's a lot of bad things that happen. But we also know that there's a lot of beauty in your creation. We also know that there's a lot of value and importance and beauty in a human being. And we thank you that there are moments and there are chances and there are, there are workers, warriors that you've got that carry that message, that wear those boots into those trenches. I thank you, Father, that you've seen fit to bless the human race with people like that, that carry the weight, help show Jesus. I ask that you will bless Amanda with both hands, that you will give freely to her, to her work, to her home, uh, to the kids who participate, who need that home, that you will give blessing after blessing. Father, I ask, please, that you will give so much she doesn't know what to do with, whatever that is, whatever she needs. I ask that you will help her to risk where risk is needed. She will trust where trust is needed. And, Father, that she will thank when thanksgiving is needed, that all of these things will be a part of her life and part of her strength. I ask, Father, that someday these types of things will be remembered and they will be rewarded and we will, we will honor people who do this kind of work, Amanda and others, uh, that, uh, that we get to participate in that reward, that, that, that celebration ceremony someday. I thank you for that. Please protect and strengthen. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you, Amanda. Why don't you say, stand and we'll sing a song. Lord, turn his face.
be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming in your going in your weeping and rejoicing he is for you 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 See 